Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Lakerside Chats. I am your host as always, coming to you from a wonderful Super Bowl Sunday. Introduce my first guest to you. He is the co-host slash producer of the official Lakers podcast. He also is like five operations away from having a bionic arm. Aaron Larsoul, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, sir. How are you? I'm all right. Appreciate you. Wow. That's, I think that may be my favorite introduction of any uh, appearance I've ever made on radio, television, or otherwise. Uh, I am pretty close to being, uh, yes, it is It is bionic arm, bionic hand, bionic body time for me. Well, so thank listen, you. Thank yeah. you for having me After, on this and this horrific Liverpool just got embarrassed by Man City Sunday. I, I wasn't going to mention that, just out of respect for you being my friend, but yeah, it was pretty bad for you. Sorry about that. <laughs> it was not great. <laughs> and the second guest I'm bringing you, everyone knows him. He is Twitter's favorite Lakers follow. He does everything, basically. Raj, Unwritten Rules, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, thanks for having me. It is a little early here. It's like 1040, but, um, you know, we're, we're here. So thank you for having me. Anytime, man. And, you know... It's been a while, obviously, I'm on the Balkan ball type side of things at the moment. It's been a while since I've had a podcast to talk Lakers. So yeah, so the Lakers side of things had a really good start to the season, I'd say. Um, obviously, the past two games being Denver and Detroit. Let's touch on Denver first. I'll throw it to you first, Raj. That second half was probably the best basketball the Lakers have played since the bubble, right? Like It was, it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was cool to see them like give a crap for a whole whole second half. They were down twelve, and I think at halftime, and then that defense just picked up. Um, they shut everything down, turned the water off. Um, Tht really gave them a big boost as well. Um, yeah, it was great against like a really good team. I mean, Denver's a like really good team. They were fourth in offense, I think, coming in, and uh, yeah, they scored I think like thirty eight points in the second half, and they they blew them out. It- it was the worst Jokic has looked all year, and then like he compounds that by going and dropping fifty the next night. So <laughs> right. it, it was it was a really really in a, good in job. another loss by the way. Yeah, yeah. free Jokic, free yeah. free. Oh, yeah, Steph, I <laughs> in a lot, but... yeah, I think uh, Rogers Rogers right. Um, I think, and, and there's been a lot made of. And Draymond had some comments about some unknown superstar being out of shape. Hey, uh, dude. <laughs> I think he was probably referring to AD um, and AD hasn't been in great shape, but that has to me, at least that has, has been more evident on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think AD has been more inconsistent on offense than defense. You saw again, like that Denver game um, and even, and throughout the season at times um, when AD is locked in defensively, the Lakers are just, you can't score on them. You, they just, they just, as Raj said, using my line, they turn your water off. And I don't think, I, I think the overall point is that when the Lakers turn it up, when the Lakers are focused and turn it on, that nobody has the top gear that they have. And it's because of how good they are defensively. At their peak, the, the, the Lakers are a good offensive team. I don't think at their peak, they're a great offensive team, but at their peak, I think they're a, a good offensive team. But at their defensive peak, they are a great defensive team. And um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I think what we've noticed so far is that, and, and this is what we learned last year, is that nobody has the top gear um, that the Lakers have. 
my only concern about AD and his conditioning and his offensive impact or sometimes lack thereof, I, it doesn't really matter in the regular season because the Lakers are going to be the one or two seed. I don't know how much that matters anyway because I doubt there's going to be fans in the building um, mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Um, so I, I think the only part of it, I understand the argument like it doesn't matter we'll wait for the playoffs or the, till the games that matter. My only slight concern with that is how much of a burden does that put on LeBron? That I think that's the only concern with, with AD not carrying quote his share of the offense so far. Right. It's a, it's a fair concern to have, but I, I just think with LeBron, I think, especially now that he's getting older, I don't know. I'll throw it to you guys on this. Are you sure he's getting older? Well, um, <laughs> genetically supposed to be like (laughs) yeah theoretically he's an alien but but it's like yeah like it's like he came from asgard or somewhere like you know it it (laughs) really is is that is that that thor is that a yeah that's a that's a mcu reference yeah Yeah. okay yeah i'm a nerd i'm not that kind of not that big of a nerd but actually i wasn't i've seen i knew what it was so i must be that big of a nerd I wasn't until shout out, uh, shout out, Nitz, or, shout out Nitz is on uh, NBA Twitter is the, the biggest Marvel universe fan on in the world. It, it, it's phenomenal. <laughs> it really is. But I don't want to like turn this into, I honestly, I could talk, like I told you guys, I watched 12 episodes of agents of shield today. I, I, I could talk about it all day, but yeah, just going to LeBron. I, I think for him getting to an older stage of his career, I think playing a sort of, a high level throughout the whole season is needed because I think the older you get theoretically, the more aches you'll have, the harder it is to switch it back on. So if you're constantly on and I've seen LeBron's basically been pretty on the entire year where so much so that I think he, at this point he's the MVP of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I don't, I don't see it as much of an issue as much as I'd be more worried if he was resting and then he'd look bad after rest or something like that. Yeah. What changes everything for him is the jump shot, right? Like he's shooting 41% from three on like eight, seven attempts. And that's just an easier game for him. Like mm-hmm. he can he can coast through and then drop like 15 in a quarter because he hits like four threes. Um, and then like carrying AD, like I saw the first play against uh, against Denver, AD hit like a step back jumper over Jokic. That was the first shot of the game and he made it. And then he didn't take a shot for like another two quarters. And he had like a, he had a quote after the Boston game. I think it was like with the TNT broadcast. He's like, I'm trying to get others involved. I'm trying to get Schroeder, Harrell, all to fit in. And uh, yeah, so I think that's where he is. He's like coasting through and LeBron's able to just score and attack when he wants. And it doesn't look like, I mean, last night against Detroit was, we don't have to really talk about that one, but uh, last night against Detroit, he was, uh, yeah, he he played a lot of minutes. But other than that, like he doesn't look tired, like in his minutes, like he looks relaxed. Like he's just hitting his threes, pull-ups and he's having a good time. It looks like he's having fun carrying there. Yeah, I mean, LeBron has, he's playing the fewest minutes um, of his career. Um, and I, I don't see any signs of wear and tear or decline. He is also LeBron has said publicly. He's also told me privately that he doesn't want to sit. If he's healthy, he always wants to play and he wants to play more minutes because he feels better. And nobody, nobody knows their body better than themselves, but also I'm not sure that anybody knows their body better than LeBron knows his body. You know, there's all the stories about how much money and time and effort he spends each year on his body. The Lakers have trainers, specifically Mike Mancius, for him specifically that have been with him, that travel with the team. Um, 
And LeBron says to a man, and he'll tell you, I want to play. I feel better when I play more minutes, when I play more games. So um, I like it seems counterintuitive, but I, we got to take the man at his word. So um, I do have slight concerns about him having to carry too much burden, but he'll tell you, like, the more I play, the better I feel. And so like, who knows better than him? Nobody. Exactly. And I don't and, want to touch on it. Yeah, by the way. I don't know if he's like I don't know if he's the MVP. He's still the best player in the world, and has mm-hmm. been for a long time. Maybe there were a few moments for Kevin Durant a couple of years back. Maybe there have been a few moments for Steph um, here and there. But LeBron has basically been the best player in the world for the last ten years, and is right now. Is he the MVP right now? I would probably give it to Jokic in this moment, but um, I think by the time it's said and done. LeBron probably is going to get there and and it's 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 he it's it's LeBron Jokic and Embiid are basically the mm-hmm. only candidates at this point unless the Warriors win a bunch more games and Steph Curry keeps having games like last night or, or KD decides to and the Nets decide to play defense yeah, I, mean, so problem, would... I think the problem with with KD though is I think I think we have the there I think there is a separation Again, mm-hmm. in the best three players in the world, I think it's LeBron, the best player in the world, Kevin Durant is second, and Steph is third. I think that's like kind of clear at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the only issue with that is like the narrative will be good for KD, and, and MVP mm-hmm. is a lot of a narrative award and him coming back and all that and looking like KD. The problem is he's now missing more games. Um, yeah. And People don't like when people vote for an MVP, they like it to feel like it's some guy against the world, which is why AD's offensive struggles will help LeBron a little bit. I think the narrative might be that KD has too much help offensively, and that will kind of knock down his candidacy. It hindered all the guys in Golden State, didn't it? When, when KD was there, like, right? Yeah, that's why, you know, yes, that's Steph and KD may have been the two best players in the world in those times, but they had each other so you're not going to win mvp when you have each other yeah that, that's why i'd like lebron not like i know he wants to win the mvp but like that kind of means that ad kind of struggled through the regular season i mean that's kind of what that meant so i'd rather have you know them take votes away from him because ad was playing <laughs> so well um also rather than uh have lebron be the mvp uh race holder the whole year so, so uh, let I, guess- me say this. I think uh, let me say this let me be clear i think mm-hmm. lebron is going to win the mvp mm-hmm. um I don't at, right now. I think Jokic is the MVP. If you ask me to vote right mm-hmm. now, I would go for Jokic. But I think LeBron is going to win it. Um, I don't think Denver is going to win enough. Um, and I think LeBron cares about it. He wants to win it. He wants to make a point. Yeah. To win it at his age. And so I think that's going to matter. I think that may be a reason why he is playing so hard and playing so much is because he wants to win the MVP. And I think LeBron is going to win the MVP. I don't think he is the MVP right now. I think he's the best mm-hmm. player in the league. But I want to be clear. I think at the end of the year, LeBron is going to win it. I, I'm, I'm there as well. Like As much as, you know... It's. I think even if AD like bounces back, which I assume he will after All Star break. I think once the Lakers start ramping up after whenever is it in March now All Star? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's mm-hmm. the first week, first week of March, second week of March. Yeah, it's an like, early March. Can we just touch on that? Like they shouldn't be playing, right? Like I, I, I still can't believe that they've got a game in the seventh of March or what, whenever the date is. It's 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 ridiculous. It really is. Um, I mean. 
No, <laughs> of course they shouldn't. <laughs> of course they shouldn't be like. No, they shouldn't be playing it. But um, the guys are going to want rest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Philosophically, they shouldn't be playing it. But you could have the same questions about should they be playing at all? So I don't mind them playing. I just would like more honesty about it. I would mm-hmm. like more transparency about it. Like, <laughs> to money. First. It, it isn't. No, like, I understand. Like, for the players and the owners, the league, you need the TV money. I understand that. I get it. But let's just be upfront about it. Quit trying to act <laughs> like, you're like, just like, let's call a spade a spade. Um, no, they shouldn't be playing, but they also shouldn't be playing a season. So I, I understand the thing that concerns me most, like I, I don't, the part of it that I really don't love is all the added stuff. We like, we don't need a dunk contest. We don't need a three point contest. To me, they should just vote who the all-stars are and then not play mm-hmm. the game. If you're going to play the game, you're going to play the game. The thing that's scary to me though, is what happens if somebody gets contact tracing or a positive test there, then everybody goes back to their respective teams and the whole league could shut down. That's, I think that's the scary part for me, right? Like it's not, it's not if somebody gets it, it's his team. And then maybe whatever team they're playing, we have to worry about those guys where they're guys coming from 18 or 20, 22 different teams, especially if you include a dunk contest and a three point contest, what happens if somebody has a positive test there or, comes in contact with somebody with a positive test, the contact tracing just gets out of hand. Yeah, that, no, that, definitely. That, that's where I'm at. Like, this is the All-Star break's like the half of the season, right? It's around the half, yeah. the half point. So this is like you're up like 15 before halftime and you just start throwing alley-oops off the backboard because, you know, you're up 15, you think you're going to win. Like, this is how I see that. Like, you're risking way too much. You're putting all, forget about the rest of the NBA, you're putting the best players all together. One positive test shuts down, you know, a couple of weeks. It could, you know, it could, it could risk the whole season. I just don't see the point. I know it's for the money and all that, um, and it's all negotiated through the players' association. But yeah, I think this is this is unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, it's also like kind of disingenuous for LeBron to <laughs> to talk, speak out. He's right, right? To like, I don't know why we're doing mm-hmm. it. Talk, speak out against the NBA having it, and I don't want to go. I mean, okay, LeBron, that's fine. And a lot of other guys, Giannis, right? A lot of guys have, have, have made those statements. But it's sort of disingenuous to claim, like, this was done without LeBron's consent. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. LeBron knows what's happening. But this is collectively bargained. The league can't do it without the players. And the players are agreeing to it. So, like, some of the guys, I think, are being kind of disingenuous about it. They're also right. But... yeah. Like, just say, look, we have to for the for the the health of the long term health of the league. We need to appease our television partners. I don't know that it's a great idea, but let's go do it. Right. Like that's that's the reality of it. So I like to me, all of the guys that are saying all of the superstar guys that are saying, like, I don't want to do this. We shouldn't be doing this. It's kind of hollow because it's not like this was done without your consent. Especially a guy like LeBron or Steph, like. Giannis, right. maybe because he, I don't think maybe he doesn't. I know he's a superstar, but I don't think he has the same type of cachet yet like a LeBron or a Steph Curry does, even though he's won the two MVPs. But like LeBron, like Chris Paul said it himself, he, they talked about it like about a week ago. So he obviously knew about it before it was mainstream. Of course. Look, nothing, nothing is happening in the NBA without the superstars consent like it just doesn't it, that's not the way it works right like the nba can't just force guys to do anything so 
Like LeBron is being, I he's right. Like it's stupid mm-hmm. and he's right, but it's be, but it's kind of his, like his quotes are kind of disingenuous because <laughs> like it's not happening to him. It's happening because he or he by proxy agreed to it. Right? Mm-hmm. He voted to do this. Um, but Raj makes a really good point that I hadn't thought about. My my thought was like something happens to somebody and then they go back and all of these teams, right? You know, we have to contact trace and worry about all these teams. But Raj makes a good point. Like if somebody gets it, has a positive test there, even somebody, even not a player, right? Somebody just mm-hmm. kind of around, then it is. It's like, Who's there? It's LeBron and AD and Steph and Luca and Harden yeah. and, and and KD, who's uh, you know embroiled in all this stuff all the time at this point. <laughs> and Jokic, and like it is, it's like the it's all the best guys in the league. That's exactly. the, the purpose of the All Star Game. So not only could it be you know an outbreak on all of these different teams or contact tracing for all these different teams, but it's going to be all of the best guys by by definition. Right, and right. especially like for me. And the outside looking into America, you go into a hotbed of Atlanta, Georgia, where like I know people in Atlanta, they're not treating it like there's any type of pandemic down there. Do you know what I mean? It's like it, it's it's crazy down there. <laughs> they didn't uh, have a pandemic. They just they just yeah. went right through it. They just partied right through it. Yeah. Um yeah, Atlanta is <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I've had I've had the wings uh, I've, I've had I've had I've had the wings at Magic City and they're delicious but um, I don't like theoretically that aspect of it will probably be unavailable to guys but yeah I mean the other question is do, do we get does, what does courtside Karen get uh, does she get seats for, for the proceedings <laughs> is she going to be courtside for the all-star game you know she will we, I, need, I need investigative journalism we need answers <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an instagram case for you Aaron. i know you're big on your instagram uh, <laughs> we need to get raj on instagram off of twitter <laughs> uh no i am not i am not big i'm not big on anything i, I i'm too old for social media i'm not i'm not oh, big on come on that. come on don't do that <laughs> joe biden Although i did actually randomly um uh uh i uh, how am I going to put this? How am I going to not tell him myself? I know a girl that knows her. And uh, mm-hmm. so I got some I got some very interesting information. When I went to go investigate the uh, the Instagram, when we <laughs> figured out who it was, I had somebody that uh, uh, a mutual like another a friend of mine that follows her courtside mm-hmm. Karen. And so I, I had to I had to text and ask a few questions like, how you how you know this girl? What's the story here? So, yeah, I mean. And, you know, no, no, no disrespect to whatever steroid daddy, whatever his name is. He's, <laughs> he's doing well for himself. I've, I've, I've been known to like a younger, not entirely natural looking. Never mind. <laughs> You're only human, Aaron. <laughs> but I, I want to segue because obviously we touched on Denver. We didn't really touch on Detroit. I don't really want to touch on Detroit apart from we won. Th- th- that's oh, the main man. thing. No one got injured. AD looked a bit more aggressive than he did in previous games. All in all, a good, a good win to just get away from. Like it's probably the worst one we're gonna have all year. Um, it had very like Charlotte Bobcats feelings from like two thousand and nine, ten. That, that was, Bob, wow. Yeah. 
That's good with the with the gray and orange and yep. dark blue uniform. Guts, yeah, okay. Oh, Raymond yeah. Felton used to cook us. I, I never every forget time. that. He used to cook us like every time. They couldn't win more than ten games a year, but against the Lakers, Raymond Felton would just turn into uh, this version of Steph Curry for some reason. Like he did. Another weird one was always Orlando. Another version was always Orlando. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when we. Like from like 2012 to like 2019, we didn't win in Orlando. Like it was a crazy <laughs> start like that. But I just want to segue to two guys who I think, especially the past couple of weeks, obviously Taylor Horton took us phenomenal. Like I, I, I don't think I've been on a podcast or done a podcast like this season where I haven't talked about Taylor. And that's just a testament to how good he's been. Um, but also I think Dennis Schroeder, like especially defensively, like he's all defensive at the moment like that's how good he's been like especially like at points in the boston game where he was guarding tatum at times and he was doing really well he guarded Jokic on a couple of possessions and made Jokic look <laughs> i couldn't believe it like it, it, it was crazy i'll throw it to you aaron because truder's defense while i knew like people were underrating his defense i never expected it to be just this good so I think this is an interesting case because um, there was a a thought out there, a narrative, and like rightfully so, that the Lakers were giving something up, bringing in Trez and bringing in Schroeder, that they were going to get picked on defensively in the playoffs. Um, because, like, frankly, both of them have been not great defensive players for their careers. Like, it's the, the truth is the truth. So we'll put Trez aside for right now. Schroeder, Schroeder's numbers defensively are terrible. They are like, frankly, they're just terrible. Um, but that doesn't match the eye test particularly. Um, and and part of that, I think Harrison wrote an article um, about it, making a really good point that part of the reason that Schroeder's defensive numbers look so bad is because the person replacing him Caruso is so good defensively, the on-off differences are skewed a little bit. Um, right. But I think but I think what's important for Schroeder, I think Schroeder has been good. You know, there's like an argument going where Lakers Twitter is saying Schroeder has been great defensively, and even internally the team has said he's been great defensively. I disagree with that. Um, I think he's been good. I think he's been <laughs> fine defensively, but the numbers are terrible. And I, But I think the important part of his defense and something that's kind of underrated is something that the Lakers lost with Avery Bradley not being in the bubble and then going to Miami was Avery Bradley was not a great defensive player. He was a good defensive player, but he he wasn't he was but he was annoying. And he was right. one of those guys that puts pressure mm-hmm. and, and puts pressure, will guard you 94 feet, will just annoy you, put pressure on you. And there's only a few guys in the league that are willing to consistently bother primary ball handlers. Um, and just be a pest and are willing to get up in you. And they just make offense difficult. Like one-on-one and in scheme, Schroeder's not been great, but he just, he's annoying and he makes it difficult. Pat Beverly does that. Um, Avery Bradley does that. There's there's some other guys that do it, but um, I, I, that is kind of like an under, just the will to be annoying and just get up in guys 94 feet um, is something that Schroeder's really good at. And the Lakers have been lacking because Avery Bradley wasn't in the bubble and then left in free agency. Yeah, Aaron, you made the comparison I was going to make. He reminds me so much of Avery Bradley, like just the way he gets into guys. Um, and like Anthony Davis last year, I think before the season started, 
he said they had like an Avery challenge, which was like their defensive mm-hmm. challenge, right? Mm-hmm. And like I see that with Schroeder. Like like you said, the numbers aren't great, but like he mm-hmm. fights over screens. He's hard to get picked. Um, he picks you up 94 feet, and he uses his length. He's short, but he has like a long wingspan. So he uses that um, against Jokic, like you said. Um, and Allen, he was like going into him. He's using his hands, trying to knock the ball away. He's just a fighter. He do he dies for loose balls. Like he gets after it. And that really turns the team on. Like it gets them, it gets them going defensively. Like, like those two dives, they don't show up anywhere. No. But like after that, the Lakers went on like a huge, huge run to close um to close the third. So uh yeah, I think like that that's what he brings. His numbers aren't gonna show it. And obviously when you're getting subbed for the GOAT, um, it's not really fair, <laughs> is it? I mean, you, you don't really have a choice there. The plus minuses are gonna look what they are. That's just you have to deal with that. But yeah, I think his his defense has been good. Um, to start, I don't know if he's all defense to be honest, but uh, I think he I think he's great for what this team needs at the point position. I, I think the other no, he's not all defense. I mean, let's. No. <laughs> I, I threw that <laughs> in there. Like, I threw getting ahead of yourself there. No, he's not. No, no, I threw that in there just just to be just to be devil's advocate most. <laughs> I, I think um, the Lakers and, and because like LeBron, LeBron has swagger, right? LeBron knows how good he is, but um, the Lakers haven't had for a while like they they haven't really had like an agitator uh celebrate like a swag guy and like schroeder is not as good as he thinks he is but that's a like that's a good thing when you, you have the that. talent around you that can like back that up and he's a good player but schroeder legitimately thinks he's the best player on the floor like inc- every time he's out there including lebron and that when you have like some some old heads and some wisdom and some guys around you that can kind of temper that a little bit, it gives some juice to those guys, right? Like that gives some juice to Gasol. It gives some juice to LeBron. Uh, it gives it like Dudley cheering on the sideline. Like all those little things give some juice to guys. And so I think, I think, um, I think Schroeder's swagger, his swag and his like belief and his arrogance in some ways, I think has been like a good ingredient to give to this team. And it, it's I think it's vital because we didn't have a guy who could beat people off the dribble besides LeBron much last year. Like you had AD in the playoffs and AD was doing a lot with jump shots around the post, but not a guy who was this quick on the dribble. He's he's a really good finisher when he doesn't get hacked and then not get called a foul. Uh, NBA refs at all year, just every game. Every game I watch, I just come away like thinking the refs are horrible. Like, I just want to throw that out there. It's not just the Lakers, it's everyone. They're just really, really bad. Um, <laughs> but but you, you, know, you make a good point. You make a good point about uh beating guys off the bounce. I, I think that's why um the Lakers are shooting the ball better this year. I think I think um even even like with maybe not with maybe you know like Danny Green is I mean West can shoot it a little bit although he hasn't been great this year but like I I think I think there's something to that now there's another guy LeBron and Schroeder are getting yeah. downhill beating people off the bounce the driving kick game has has been working some so I I think that is large that is is a factor in why the Lakers are shooting the ball better this year as opposed to in years past. Right. And, and Aaron, to your point, like where his confidence level, like he thought he was better than Jamal Murray, like that night, like he honestly thought he was better than Jamal Murray and outplayed him. And that gives the Lakers such a big like margin for error. Like AD had like what 13 points that night, but you just get 21 from shooter and you blow the nuggets out. Like his ability to attack and just match point guard play, like match star point guard play. I don't know if Jamal Murray is like a superstar, but he's like, he's a good star player. Jamal like, Murray is a good point yeah, guard. Yeah. He's a really good point guard. Schroeder's been doing this his whole career, right? Like yeah. he used to have like go. I, 
I want to say he he gave like Steph forty in Atlanta, you know, and it's like working yeah. out right. Like he, so he when he sees those other top tier point guards, yeah, it gets he, him going. Yeah, like that's yeah. it's a thing for him, and that kind of like that kind of dog is yeah. something that matters in the NBA, and that can get you through some some slow moments. I I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't think he should be starting. I thought that I thought that he should be Same. coming off the bench with Trez. Um, because I thought that some of his, his usefulness is minimized with LeBron, right? Cause like, I just rather have LeBron, all those possessions that Schroeder's taking, I'd rather have LeBron, but, um, especially because you have some offensive creation from Gasol. So I wanted Schroeder in pick and roll with Trez a lot. Um, but he's been a really good compliment next to LeBron and, you know, I, <laughs> frankly, I'm wrong. Like he's been, he's been, been, yeah. I mean, like he's been really good and I was wrong. Um, So he's, he's had, you know, a little bit of a a slow patch recently, but Schroeder has had a really good season and, and he was, he's been significantly better than I anticipated. And one, one, one um, aspect I take out of Schroeder is he's not afraid of the moment. Like you said, he's got that dog in him. Like he saw it against San Antonio where he was hitting clutch shots uh, whenever the team needs a bucket, he did it. He, I thought it was in the second half against the Celtics when our offense was stalling. He was really big at times. Um, I, I love him. And I'll tell you too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he will. I, I love players like that. But then segue into another guy who I think, again, brings a different type of threat off the bounce in Taylor Horton Tucker. Like, I know we all thought he was good. Um, I, I saw him being good, like, in a few years' time. I didn't see him being like really good rotation player on a championship team level like this year. Like it, it's, it's astounded me. I know, I know there was a lot of, I know you've probably heard it more than us, Aaron. There was a lot of internal buzz on how good THT is, yes. but like, but sometimes you know what it's like in NBA franchises, people big up their young guys, even if they're not the greatest in the world, but like, THT is legitimately really good, and I know it helps playing with LeBron and AD and Caruso and Schroeder and all these guys, but he's just legitimately just really, really good. And at 20, it's only him and Luca really, that the game just looks super slow to him at such a young age in the NBA. Oh, and LeBron. Yeah, but he's 36. <laughs> and, no, no, but I mean LeBron when he was 20. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just talking right there's, now. There's, there's, uh, there is, I mean, there are guys. But there is a short list of guys that have looked even competent um, right. at 20 years old. Uh, you know, Jason Tatum was, but like most of them are guys that came straight from high school and they were can't miss guys, you know, Durant and, and KD. Durant didn't come straight from high school, but like KD, uh, excuse me, KG and Durant. Like it's, it's a list of guys. So, yes. Um, Internally, the team has been really excited about THT for a long time, and they're right. He's just good. And every every challenge, right, whether it's Summer League or the G League or spot NBA minutes or real or preseason or real rotation minutes, every time he's in, it just looks like he knows what he's doing, and it just looks like he is better than most guys on the floor. And he's doing that against NBA, real NBA competition. Now, there's something to be said for how much how much time are you playing against starters, right? Like sometimes it's easier for bench guys to come in and look good because they're playing against bench guys. Could he do that like in starters, in real starters minutes against the best guys in the league? Maybe, 
But every time he gets a new challenge, every time he kind of levels up, he doesn't take a step back. Um, and I have always said, I used to, I worked in the NBA a long time. I used to work for the Trailblazers for like eight, nine years. And there is something that, there, there's just like an it. When you get, when when a new guy comes, whether you draft him, sign a free agent, um, trade for somebody, when they come in and they have a, their first practice with, with a, a new team, you can kind of like, there's just a thing and you can just see. If you can't do it, it's fatal, right? You bring guys in and they're not, and they just can't do it. You can tell that immediately and that's fatal. Some guys just kind of hang whatever, they're fine. But some guys you can just tell like there's something there and they may not be ready to really contribute full time to an NBA team, but there's some, there's just something there. And I've seen THT at practice, like the first time he was in, you could just like, it's, he's just different. Like it just, there's something there. You can't quantify it but that it is there. We had like Hashim the beat came in in his first practice as a trailblazer <laughs> threw a hook shot the wrong way. I'm like, get this. And this was after he had been, you know, drafted and was right. I'm like, get this dude out of here. He can't, like, <laughs> he can't do it. He's not like, no, he just, he simply cannot. Johnny Flynn was like that. We had him in, like, he just can't do it. But yeah. Nick, we had Nick Batum, right? We drafted Nick Batum. He comes in the first practice. He's like 19 years old and he was a kid. And he was like, I don't know that he's ready right now, but there was something that it like it is there. And that's how it's always been with THT. And internally, people have been very excited about him. And they're right. <laughs> like he can the dude can just hoop. Like I don't I, is it gonna be like, you know, is he the next Michael Jordan? I no, but like I see I see a path where he's like a really good starter. He's an above average NBA starter for 15 years. He the dude can just hoop. Yeah. And you said you said the comp that like I'm scared to tweet. I was thinking of this comp a lot of Jason Tatum, like his rookie year. Like mm-hmm. I know if I say that it's gonna blow up a lot of things, but like people forget rookie Tatum was a defensive player. Like he was he was one of the stars on defense for that team and he got to play off of Kyrie, Al Horford, Gordon Hayward, whatever. And that's how I see it with THT. Like he gets to play off them and like that lineup that Vogel had, the second unit with like Morris and Matthews. And he's subbing THT, and it's just like a world different. Like, he's not only just good, he fits, like, a need for this team, like a shot creator on there. I think he has the best chemistry with Trez already. Like, him and Trez have something going. Um, yeah, like, he's just – yeah, and his, he's shooting, like, catch-and-shoot threes. Um, he's he's beginning better off the ball. Like, and, yeah, like you said, he's only 20 years old. So, it, I don't know where his ceiling is. Um, I don't know where – I don't know where it's going. But um, I remember I asked, like, a few Laker draft people because I'm not in college basketball. I don't know anything about it. But I was like, what What do you think, like, is THT's ceiling? Like, I asked him this summer. They're like, all-star. For sure, all-star. I was like, you're, you're crazy. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? He played, like, two playoff games. But um, I see kind of where they're going with that, like, just the handle. And uh, he's not going to be able to get, like, the reps. Like, if he was on the, I don't know, like, the Knicks or something or the Hornets, he'd just get high ball screen after high ball screen, probably average something like 14 and 8 with a bunch of turnovers. But, um, yeah, he gets to play on a winning formula. And uh, I mean, I'm excited to see where he's going. He's only, he's only going to get better from here. Yeah, I, I and, like – one, I think one of the most underrated things in the NBA, um, like ownership is the biggest advantage in the NBA, right? And then there's coaching and drafting. But like one of the things that matters most to teams that are, are either really, really good or are like really, really bad and trying to get better on the path, not, not teams in the middle, teams like at either end. I think one of the most important things is 
um, succeeding along the margins right. and finding people that can contribute um, on minimum contracts or just kind of like mining for gold, right? Like Miami did it last last year, Duncan Robinson and and Kendrick Nunn. But like THT and Caruso, like let's let's give some credit. And of course, right? Like all the late first round picks that have turned into stuff and whether it's Kuz or Hart or whatever and BI, even the earlier picks and Randall now, I think something that the Lakers have done really well is when you are spending a bunch of money on really top tier guys on LeBron on AD, right? like being able to kind of succeed along the margins and the fringes and find useful NBA players with second round picks with undrafted guys from the G league. Um, that, that is a way in which you can leverage your advantage you know, mm-hmm. as, as a big market team, having money to spend, you can spend whatever you want on coaches. You can spend whatever you want on, on development. You can spend whatever you want on, you know, your commitment to the G league. So, um, for teams that have superstars that don't have a lot of mechanisms to add talent and are usually pretty thin, it's really impressive how deep the Lakers are. And part of that is because they've done such a good job in scouting and development to have guys like THT and Alex Caruso. Yeah, definitely. And like, I'd argue that there's two guys who probably make every rotation in the NBA in Markeith Morris and Wes Matthews. We're just sitting at the moment, which again, just goes and shows how deep they are this year. And also it just shows how good THT Caruso. I think Trez has been really good since he, uh, since he started playing for us. Uh, Kuzma's been, I think, especially the about the last 10 days or so, I think it kickstarted with the Boston game. I think he's taken a step up in the next few, in the past few games. I thought he was good last night. I thought he was probably one of the only guys who I gave a bit of credit towards last night, who was actually there the entire game um, against Denver. I thought defensively, I thought he was. Bri- I, I think that's the biggest thing. I think Kuzma's starting to accept his role, and he's yeah. doing it really, really well. And at, at a contract, what's he at? Thirteen per. Uh, yeah. If he plays this way, it, it's it's. A, it's either a steal for the Lakers to have a guy like that, or it's a really, really good trade chip to have a guy like that. So it, they, they, they've done a really fantastic job around the margins this year. It's, it's been it, that that's one of the biggest things for me. So I think I think the the the, the key with Kuz, um, he he has had to change his role yeah. and NBA identity. Probably, I mean, in this first three or four years in the league, more than anybody. Um, yeah. You know, he came in, had that huge, he looked great in camp, uh, in, even before in workouts and summer league was really good. And then in preseason was really good. And the first camp was really good. And he was just making everything, shooting a bunch of threes, was an offensive guy. And then his role has shifted, right? Then LeBron comes in and okay, right? Like now I don't know what I'm doing. And, but he's still with the rest of his young guys. And then AD comes in, right? You have, you know, two of the best three or four forwards in the NBA and you're a forward, I don't know what you do. Right. So he struggled with that a little bit. And a lot of the great players talk about adding something to your game every year, right? You go to the summer, you work, you come back with something new. And Kuz has really done that in ways like I I think very well, not, not, I think I know very specifically targeted at, things he can add to his game to fit the current situation. So if you notice last year, you know, like 
two years ago, Luke Walton decided tried to play him at small ball five to start the year to get minutes for him, and it was a disaster. He, can't, he like he it's not doesn't work, and so he got, Kuz got a reputation as a bad defender because frankly he was a bad defender, but he worked on it, and then. Last year, it was like four, played some four and three. And then towards the end of the year, we figured out like Kuz is probably just a three. He's much better snaking screens, like getting around screens and guarding on the perimeter than he is trying to guard fours and fives. So into the bubble last year, he became, he was like a pretty good wing defender. And then started, uh, you noticed in the bubble, he started some cuts. He started becoming a pretty good off-ball cutter and getting some easy buckets off-ball cuts. This year, he's continued that, and then he's become a much more effective and committed offensive rebounder. He's been a really good offensive rebounder this year. So I think Kuz deserves a lot of credit for, like, he's maybe not going to score 20 a game like he would like. Maybe that's not who he is. And it, it isn't who he is with this Lakers roster. But I think he deserves a lot of credit for saying, okay, you know what? Like, I, I now I'm going to get my money. I'm going to get my contract, right? I, I, am I getting the money from a guy that's going to score 20, 22, 25 a night? No, but that's my role here. And adding stuff to his game that really fits this team and finding ways to score and be effective without necessarily having the ball all the time and, and making a bunch of jump shots. So I, I think Kuz deserves a lot of credit for like maturity yeah. points and figuring out who he is and how he can help. Yeah. La- la- last summer, I remember there was like all this talk, like, can Kuz be the third star? Like, can he be the third scorer? And you could see last year him trying to find his way, right? Trying to find where he gets shots from, um, pretty much shooting anytime he touched it, really trying to go to the basket, doing like dribble through moves. And I, I credit Vogel with this too. Like, you can tell his role. Maybe it's the contract, like you brought up also, Alan, like it's locked up now, but I credit with Vogel just telling him what is trying to get weak side blocks. He's trying to get weak side offensive rebounds, uh, running through in, and he takes his catch and shoot. Uh, opportunities and he's become like a really good passer like like way better than he was his first two years at the first three years i thought um he's finding trez on like duckins um he's making that extra pass he's even doing like no look passes now like he drives in he does like no look throws to the to the big cutting in which is which is really cool so he's he's really accepted what his role is and he looks like he really enjoys it like he comes in he knows what he does to win and he even gets to close some games um sometimes and if he doesn't he looks he looks fine with it so yeah, I'm happy with him, and his contract is great. And I think we're building, like, like the Lakers kind of lost their young core, right? Like, they traded it in for Anthony Davis. But it feels cool that, like, we have a new young core. Kind of, they're not young. Like, Caruso yeah. and Kuz aren't, like, young. But um, they're, they're still pretty young players along with THT. It's just cool to see grown home talent be the ones that's, like, carrying some of these games, giving the energy. And that's how I was always jealous of, like, Boston gets to see, like, Tatum and Brown go up from, like, summer league to uh, – you know, star and we get, and we don't get that level, but I mean, it's cool to see Caruso and THT and Kuzma um, get that similar kind of uh, growth here. Well, I, I think, I think that the part that matters is, I mean, they are still fairly young, but you know, mm-hmm. who else is fairly young, Anthony Davis. And so <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the timeline, I, I think that's the important part is the timeline, the THT and Kuz and Caruso and even Schroeder. They match up pretty well with, anthony davis's timeline and and i always thought that you mentioned raj you meant to mention you know can um can can Kuz be the third scorer there was that like narrative yeah. out there. Can he be the third superstar the third scorer um no and like that's <laughs> nonsense no he can't be 
And it's not because he's not capable of it. It's because the two guys that are the first and second star both play the same position as him. Right? Yeah. Like <laughs> you can't, right. It's like Anthony Davis is a four or five. LeBron is a three, four, right? Like mm-hmm. they both fancy themselves as fours probably. Um, well, LeBron probably thinks of himself as a three, but like he's kind of a four also. And that's what like, Kuz is a three, four. So, like no, you can't. He, no, he he actually can't because <laughs> he has two All NBA forwards that are going to play ahead of him. So no, he can't be the third score, the third superstar. He's just not going to have the the opportunity to do so. And it's nothing against him. It's because he's got two Hall of Famers playing ahead of him. Right. He said that too. I think I, I think I've heard him say that in interviews like. He's like, what am I gonna do? Like, I'm behind LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like, that's that's why I'm not uh, starting or something like that. Although, when he, although when he does start, it's it's magical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> something happens to him. I think it's a maturity thing as well. I think you know, going through all this, like you said, are in different roles and whatnot, and having to adjust and adapt year on year out. I think it does develop a level of maturity within a person, especially the way they play basketball as well. So. I think everything has helped him, and I, it it's nice to see Carl Kuzma play well for the Lakers, and they're not be this vitriol towards him because, like you said, it, it, like a lot of these expectations, they weren't his fault. You know, no one he he wasn't out there, you know, saying he's going to be like some Hall of Fame level dude. He just played really well and played himself into a spot that not many people thought he'd be. You know, he they didn't think that he'd be so good in his first year and then second year, and you know it happens with, with the third year with the adjustments and now, but, but yeah, like I like Kuz and Kuzma is, uh, I think a 13 million. I think it's a value deal to have a, yeah. a wing like that. I think it really is a value deal in today's NBA. So yeah, it's, it's a good deal. Um, Raj mentioned it earlier, but um, I won't get into it, but like he's also, that has value. That contract, slot has value around the league mm-hmm. um yeah guys that can play that make that much money are valuable all over the place um you know like bogdan bogdanovich last year like uh, is he gonna get traded for coups or like kelly Oubre this year he's been terrible for the warriors but you know like he's a good player and that had value for the suns right so like that that slot um guys that can play that make 10 12 13 15 million there is always um, there is there is always desire for there's always a need for those guys in the NBA and those guys have a lot of value so I'll I'll leave it alone <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave that alone actually <laughs> Kuzma man Kuzma's a marketable dude too like that dude like he's not just a thirteen million dollar player like he's he obviously understands the off court business too and all that and uh... he does indeed and I think that turns <laughs> some people off I think they think that Kuz is too Hollywood I think that turns yeah. some people. off when he's you know when he misses a couple threes but um personally he's my f- hey, look at that that's, hoodie. <laughs> that's nice <laughs> hoodie. Cool. Uh, um he's personally my favorite guy on the team he's the guy i'm closest with on the team i enjoy him i think he's he's a good dude he's kind yeah. he's fun to be around um and but you're right he also gets it he gets the branding he gets the marketing mm-hmm. um but there is something about him that makes it all okay like he 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 is kind of hollywood but he has whatever that thing is whatever it is he has it he has that charisma he has that he's personable he's fun he's kind he's like he's a good dude he cares about people um 
So I think sometimes unfairly he gets, you know, made fun of um, because yeah. he's really good at Instagram. He's good at branding and good. And by the way, good for him. He should be yeah. go, go light, light skin family. Let's get it. Um, <laughs> but he's also not just that he really cares and he really yeah. wants to win and he puts the work in. Um, and so I think sometimes Kuz gets unfairly labeled as kind of like, you know, Hollywood and corny and whatever. He, he cares and he's a good dude. And yeah. uh, I think Lakers fans should be really excited about him and proud of him because he's, he's finding where he fits in on this team. That's going to win another championship. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to say it, but you know, you, you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just I just want to segue because obviously, because of how condensed the season is, shortly after the NBA All Star break, you'll have like like in other seasons, you'll have the trade deadline like the week after, and then you'll have the buyout deadline whenever that is like the week after the trade deadline. It usually is. Um, like w- obviously, there's what one roster spot open. Um, at the moment, which is, I assume, for buyout options. Is there anyone that you could see becoming available, either of you guys, that genuinely improves this team in a way that, you know, isn't improved already? Like, for me, it's just an athletic big that, like, sort of, if Gasol gets in foul trouble, because I I think Gasol's really good at both Embiid and Jokic whenever they played, especially after the first quarter, especially with Embiid, because I think Embiid did a lot of his damage when Mark wasn't on him, and that sort of got him going. Um... I think that athletic big, you know, just in case Mark does get in foul trouble, will help, which makes me upset that Dwight Howard isn't part of this team anymore. <laughs> Man, what happened there? Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm in the, I'm in the same boat with you, man. I just want one more athletic big. Um, and I don't know who's on the market. Like, is there a New Orleans Noel available or something? Like, I'm not even sure if he's available. Dwayne Dedman's like the best yeah. name available at the moment um, if that but again those are luxuries I and mean, i don't think those are necessities really for the for us to win mm-hmm. i think the defense is enough um again anthony davis is going to move to the five when things matter so but yeah i would like one more athletic big just to just to eat some innings like when when we can and uh have, have yeah if mark gets in foul trouble or if trez can't stay stay on the floor for some reason um one more big would be it would be nice so i'm going to stay out of specific <laughs> names <for> obviously <laughs> this reason um but I think that this year's Lakers team is more flexible than last year's Lakers team, has more yeah. ways to beat you. Um, but one way in which the Lakers were so successful last year was um, waves of athletic size. Um, yeah. It just overwhelmed people with their size and physicality and even, you know, their athletic size. So, um, I would agree with you guys that another big body um, to just kind of beat people up and catch lobs, mm-hmm. and frustrate Jokic and all of that would could be useful. Um, but I'm going to not say any names <laughs> because reasons. We, we, we <laughs> don't want to get Aaron or the Lakers in trouble. <laughs> but I, but I think like, um, right. I, I think you, you would, maybe you would, maybe coach Vogel who, has throughout his coaching career generally had not even so much um, athletic size, but just size, right? With Roy Hibbert back in the Indiana days. Um, and then Dwight and, and JaVale and AD and LeBron last year. I think that maybe another 
big body would be something, um, you know, and, and to give you athletic, if possible, maybe to give you more options in pick and roll coverages and that sort of thing, which have been different this year as opposed to last year. The pick and roll coverages for the Lakers have been more aggressive this year as opposed to last year. Um, but I, I think you just, you know, like one more bullet in the gun so you can do different things. Yeah. And I would, I would, I would, I would guess educated or not, I would guess that that would be um, some size. <laughs> I would guess that would be some size. How about that? <laughs> I was looking at something. That was a- I was looking at something that was funny. I was looking at the blocks from last year because it feels mm-hmm. like we're not blocking like the same amount of shots. And it said that we're still a top three in blocks or something like that. And uh, Mark and JaVale actually averaged like the exact same amount of blocks from last year. JaVale's at, JaVale averaged about 1.2. Mark's averaging like 1.2 as well or 1.3 or something. So I thought that was kind of funny. It's just like his aren't as highlight, right? They're not they're not going out into the crowd or, you know, then it's not like... Uh, he, he impacts shots better as well. Like just in general, when someone drives at him, it, he gets a lot of bogus fouls called on him just because he's bigger than people. Right. Uh, but he impacts shots at the rim, which is, I think... In Vogel scheme, like you said with Roy Hibbert, he wasn't like this super athletic dude. He was just no, like he big stood, he stood there and was the rim. He was huge and stood there in drop coverage and was vertical and just yeah, made you make made you make mid-range shots over him. Right. Which, you know, in today's NBA, people are very reticent to take. So that plays into Vogel's scheme even more. <laughs> they are they are a little bit um the Lakers have been more aggressive this year yeah. in picking mm-hmm. coverages than they than they have been or than they were last year, which has led to some problems. But again, it's it gives you one more option, and uh, it it kind of reminds me of a Houston two or three years ago when mm-hmm. Houston was terrible defensively during the regular season. They they literally switched everything during the regular yeah. season specifically because they knew they were going to have to play the Warriors and to beat the Warriors, they were going to have to be able to switch. And if you don't drill that, if that doesn't become second nature, then mm-hmm. you'll get, you can't just like deploy that in the playoffs. You'll get beat up. Um, so even some of the moments in which it has burned the Lakers this year, the fact that they are drilling it in the regular season means it will be something in their tool bag that they feel comfortable with during the playoffs. So I, 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 like conceptually, I agree with it also because a lot, most of the most dangerous guys in the league are, especially in the Western Conference, like Jokic is really dangerous. But most of the most dangerous guys you're going to see are perimeter guys. Um, and so, or like primary ball handlers. So being able to guard the pick and roll more aggressively and get the ball out of their hands more is something that you're going to want to have, right? When you face Dame or you face Steph or, you face Devin Booker or even Jamal Murray even, or, um, you or know, even a guy like Kawhi. George or Kawhi, like you're going to want to have, you, you're going to want to have reps attacking the pick and roll more aggressively than the Lakers did last year so that you don't get hurt as much by those guys. I mean, cause like we saw this, if you do, if you don't, Steph literally can beat, Steph could beat this Lakers team by himself if he's not guarded correctly. I mean, over a series. Dame Dame isn't that good, but Dame Dame can win some games by himself in a series if you don't guard him the right way. So having the ability to guard the pick and roll 
more aggressively to get those guys out of rhythm, I think is going to pay dividends for the Lakers in the playoffs. I think it helps having a guy like Trez off the bench because I think playing the pick and roll more aggressively with a guy like Trez is a much more um, comfortable fit for him than playing in a drop coverage like we saw with the Clippers last year. I think that's where the Clippers were undone a lot, against, especially against Denver. Because yeah. they kept on doing drop coverages against Murray and Murray was just so on fire during the bubble. It was ridiculous. And, and that caused him a lot of problems as well. Honestly, that's where Vogel is like the trump card, right? Like for us, like I feel like he's the one that can get the schemes. You can see Trez early on, he, his, he's comfortable in drop coverage, right? Like that's his natural instinct is to drop back on the pick and roll and try to contain. Um, but Vogel has him stepping up and up, and he's like higher and higher every game. He goes up like an inch on the pick and roll. You can see it against the guards. And I, I like what he's done against Steph, um, against Dame. Like he's held his own. He's not getting beat off the dribble. Like all his skills on offense, like his nimbleness and like how quick he is, that all translates when you can when he can move his feet. So yeah, I think and then Vogel will figure it out. That's like we saw in the playoff series. He switched from Houston to Portland to Denver. All different schemes, all different matchups nece- necessary. So. Yeah, man, I, I think they can defend well enough. And uh, one more big, though, would be would, would be nice. Yeah, that's the wish list. That's yes, the wish list yes. right there. No names, but yes. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep we'll keep Aaron out of the finalist of the commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate that. <laughs> and I know your pockets aren't Magic Johnson deep. It's fine. <laughs> they are not. <laughs> indeed, they, indeed they are not if i could just tweet as well as magic i would be uh never mind <laughs> guys I, I could talk lakers basketball with you guys for like five hours so but I, I'll, I'll cut it short because it is super bowl sunday and i know you guys want to enjoy it as much as possible especially aaron um <laughs> let's just hope Mahomes wins team light skins all the way that's right team light skin right yeah i mean yeah I'm, on I, your I'm, side. A 40, I'm a 49ers fan, so I have no, uh, so I have no affinity for the Chiefs. Um, but I just don't the like next, Tom Brady. I root for a white quarterback against a black quarterback, especially a light skinned quarterback, is going to be the first. So <laughs> I, will not be rooting for, I will not be rooting for Tom Brady against Patrick Mahomes. I promise you that. What about Jimmy G against Russell Wilson? Jimmy G is. <sighs> I mean, I really dislike. I really dislike Russell Wilson. Uh, I think he's super corny, but he is. Jimmy G is, he's beautiful. He is a beautiful man. He's really pretty. He is so ordinary as a corner. Never. Why? No. See, Liverpool, Liverpool already. Now, why are you doing this to me, Alan? Why are you doing? I would just, you know what? <laughs> Listen, Manchester United blew a, a two goal lead and then. You know, conceding in the 95th minute. I need someone else to distract that from me. Right now. It's only Champions League is the only thing that matters now. As per, as, per, as a person who doesn't watch football, like what's I asked this Hunter, what's your NBA comp for these Super Bowl uh, for this Super Bowl matchup? Oh, it's like at it's, you know, it's, like, it's like it is it's like a honestly, it's like a young LeBron against okay. Jordan. Okay. Yeah. So like LeBron, like, Miami, LeBron like a Miami roster or like a LeBron with like a Cleveland. Oh, like, I mean, the rest of the rest of um, Kansas City has a good roster. OK, so it's not fair. It's not like it's not like Patrick Mahomes. Oh, just <laughs> um, but it's but it, but he's still really early in his career. 
Uh, yeah. So it's like, like it's it is like a you know year three or four LeBron, mm-hmm. uh, who is already probably the best player in the world, but like but going up against Jordan, mm-hmm. who you know the the quote unquote the good. No, I think LeBron is the best ever, but like you know most people think it's Jordan is the goat. Okay. So it's it's like a it's like a young LeBron. He has some help though, right? This right. is not like LeBron with Daniel Marshall and <laughs> Booby. <laughs> That's uh, tight end in the NFL, right? Like Mahomes has got some guys that can play, but it's it is a young best player in the world who looks like he might be the best ever going against like the legend, the greatest ever. So it's it's like what? Uh, let's say it's like oh seven, oh eight, somewhere in there, oh nine, LeBron okay. against like ninety eight, Jordan basically oh, is the okay awesome it's like kind of because tom brady's 43 years old like he's an old man but he's still really good <laughs> yeah <laughs> somehow he's still really good um yeah, yeah that's, there's the comp for you awesome and go team light skin god i'm rooting for the chiefs how unsavory you're rooting for lebron what are you talking about that's, that's what you're rooting for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm rooting for the light <laughs> I, I just don't although, like the picture. His girl and his brother are really annoying to me. <laughs> his brother specifically is going, oh, never mind. Never mind. Is. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, never mind. I'm going to the store. I am cook something. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Aaron, where can the people find you on Twitter? Uh, all you got to do, find me Twitter and Instagram. It's all the same at Aaron Larsoul. Uh, it's, I was very creative in naming my Twitter because it's my name. Uh, so last name is L A R S U E L Aaron Larsoul, Twitter and Instagram and come find me for strange basketball takes, drinking a lot of whiskey and, um, some cooking stuff. And good news. Your Liverpool shirts on the way. I got another. Hey, 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 all right. Like three months after the fact. It, hey, it's really- it happens. Hey, it happens. It happens and, and uh, go, you'll never walk alone. Go, go Liverpool, go Reds, up Reds. This shows, this, this, this shows how big friends me and Aaron are. I would never buy anyone a Liverpool shirt. Well, I Aaron's my friend. So. And thank God, I would have liked to have worn it today, but thank God I did not disgrace it with that performance. So I'll, I'll wear it. Uh, <laughs> when I, as soon as I get it, I'll wear it, I'll wear it for the Champions League match. That, that still means something, the next Champions League match. <laughs> And Raj, where can the people find you as always? A great, great guest to love on. On Twitter at Unwritten Rules. Uh, last E is a three. And then uh, I guess I'm supposed to make an Instagram soon. So uh, at, we'll, we'll, get you you we'll get you that. You literally don't have an Instagram? Uh, I, have a, I have a personal Instagram. Uh, I don't have a, a Twitter uh, Instagram. Well, yeah, here's, yeah. I mean, we talked about this before, but you got to start. You got to be careful on Twitter. <laughs> We, uh, yeah. see, we see the likes, brother. We see the likes. Save <laughs> <laughs> that for Instagram. Yeah. I'm, that, that, I'm, 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 I'm like Lakers Twitter's uncle. I'm everybody's yeah. old uncle on Lakers Twitter, the OG teaching you the game. Be careful, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, you know we, we see that. Gotcha. Be careful. Brother. Be careful. Uh, yeah, unwritten rules. Last E is a three. Go follow uh, Lakers Outsiders as well. Uh, do some work over there as well. Oh, you doing you. work on Twitter? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys had the conversation before we started recording, that would have got like five million hits. Yeah. 
I'll go in the vault. Everybody that listens to the show is on NBA Twitter and Lakers Twitter, so they know what we're talking about. They know, they know, they know what Rod's be doing. It's not. I ain't the only one. You talking about my slow mo video? Is that we talking about the slow mo videos that I post? Is that, is that what we're discussing here? I, I ain't the only one. I ain't the only one paying attention. I may be paying attention more than most, but I ain't the only one paying attention, brother. You're, be careful now. Got you. you, know, we you Getting them DMs. You stay away from them likes. Getting them DMs. Instagram likes only, Raj. Instagram likes is good because nobody can see them. That's true. But you don't yeah. have twenty five thousand Instagram followers, so I, I understand why it's on Twitter. But just let's get just get in the DMs. Got you. <laughs> take that stuff. Take that stuff private now. You're not wrong, by the way. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You just also you ain't slick, and you forgot how many followers you had. That's true. Yeah. All right, boys. Be good. I love you both. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. See you later.